Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. All right, everybody, welcome back to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and I'm here with Bishop Todd Hunter, and we are back after a brief summer hiatus. How are you today, Todd? I'm good. Dang, I missed you. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I g- kind of got in the rhythm of uh, talking yeah. to you. You know, of yeah. course, we miss the audience, too, but we don't get to see the audience. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of how podcasting uh, works. But yeah, it's uh, I've, I've missed our little chats uh, as well. Um, and so hopefully we can get back into, hopefully remember how to podcast yeah, here and I'm speak hoping. into microphones. And uh, <laughs> so hopefully this will be interesting for folks. Um, so today we want to just, we've got some cool stuff planned for the rest of the fall, but today we want to just uh, do a quick catch up from the summer. Um, I'm going to be asking you, Bishop Todd, what you've been reading, what you've mm. been learning, yep. uh, any reflections that you have about um, just summer vacation. Um you know what? What I uh, where I went on my summer vacation. It's like a, it's like those book reports, those yeah. little reports you uh, yeah, have to sixth do. Sixth grade speeches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, how I spent my summer vacation, um, and I'd also love to just hear from you if you have any um, encouragement for us. As um, it's basically it's back to school season already. Yeah, it feels like we Gosh. we just started the summer, but um, my kids go back uh, the week that this episode will release. My kids go back to school. So I'd love to hear uh, some encouragement from you um, for our diocese and uh, parents and kids, um, churches uh, who are all engaged in that process. Um, A couple quick announcements first. Uh, We do have some next-gen ministry back-to-school stuff uh, that we recorded back in the spring, but um, if you <laughs> if you need some last minute, if you're a next gen minister and you need some last minute uh, tips, um, I'll put a link to those in the show notes. There is recordings uh, for you there, and also the clergy conference, which is coming up uh, September twelfth. I should know this off the top of my head, but I can't remember the exact dates. It's I believe the middle it's of September, twelve through fourteen. Yeah, twelve through fourteen. Now watch the bishop will be wrong about that. You can laugh about it in the, I, we in should the look comments. This up. We should. Yeah. There, there's. We'll put a link in the show notes. There you go. To make sure that you know exactly when this is happening. But it is midweek. It's fourteenth through the sixteenth. We knew were both it. wrong. We were wrong. <laughs> uh, it's September fourteenth through the sixteenth. We'll put a link in the show notes if you are clergy and um, you haven't registered yet. Uh, do make sure you do that. Mary Kate Morse is going to be with us, and it'll be a fun time of connecting and. Uh, Catching up after COVID, uh, meeting friends new and old. Um, check out those links in the show notes. Um, so let's do just a little quick catch up, Bishop. Yes. Um, how was your vacation? Good. I had, uh, I think, similar to your timing, late mm-hmm. uh, June into uh, early July uh, after okay. July 4th. Yeah. Uh, I had some time off, and our, our daughter was here from. Uh, she's a special ed teacher in California. And so she was here in the Nashville area with us for a little over three weeks. So that was great. And then just this past weekend, my uh, younger brother and sister who both live in Southern California were here with their families. And so we, we didn't go anywhere. I didn't want to go anywhere for me getting Mm -hmm. on an airplane sounds like work. So we just did a (laughs) staycation and there's so much to do in greater Nashville and in middle Tennessee that, we just did stuff like that, but 
You know, I was thinking earlier this week, Ben, that, you know, it's the kind of stuff you might, I don't know, see in a sort of a pop Christian magazine or even in Mm. the New York Times or something where somebody will write an article about, you know, the importance of family. (laughs) Right. And we all read those and go, yeah, 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 you know, that that's Mm -hmm. right. I I need to be more, uh, you know, attentive to my family or whatever. I need to call my mom more, right? (laughs) Something (laughs) like that. So, yeah, I feel like those articles, no matter how pleasantly they're written, (laughs) they still seem to push buttons of guilt or shame or whatever. (laughs) Sure. And, um, but I was just thinking how much of a delight it really is and that, all of our social spheres have a have something that gives to us, and I hope we give to them. But like our workmates, there's a certain mm. goodness, or can be, should be. I've ninety nine percent of my career, I've found a a certain goodness in my workmates. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a different sort of goodness, maybe in neighbors. Um, a different sort yeah. of goodness, maybe if you play in a men's softball league, or you know you yeah. are. Um, a golfer or something, you know, there's, there's goodnesses, but there is, um, there's a reason people keep saying this to us throughout human history, that there really is a special goodness in families. And I got to experience that this summer. So that was nice. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, I did too. We, both my wife uh, and I grew up in Minnesota. And so we've tended, we haven't lived there since 1998, a year after mm-hmm. we got married. And, um, so yeah, so we we typically spend our vacations back uh, in Minnesota, seeing uh-huh. family, and the kids can see their cousins and all that kind of thing. And so yeah, we enjoyed some of that as well. And there is a goodness, like you said, it was just making me reflect on that, that there is a goodness for us, um, you know, in visiting our families as well. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. So that's that's. Great. I guess um, I, I didn't f- finish my thought there. So I was left, um, thankfully, uh, this summer, uh, not mm. so much with those guilt and shame feelings, but Good. just with the notion of. Yeah, there. This, this, we really do need to be attentive uh, mm. to this. Um, yeah, to calling our mom or calling your dad or you know everybody's yeah. in such different life stages. My parents are are mm. both deceased now, but um, yeah, and and finding a, a joy in it where you can. And I know that sounds a little Pollyannish because a lot of us come from <laughs> broken families, or yeah, you know, sure. I don't want to talk to my weird uncle or, yeah. or whatever. But nevertheless, mm. I think I just learned that. Um, yeah from family often is mediated to us a, a particular goodness of God, which yeah. I was appreciative of. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so the, it can, I think it can alleviate the, maybe the guilt and shame uh, messages that we sometimes uh, intuit from, uh, you know, like you were saying, articles like that. Um, just by realizing that the, like, it's not that we get a gold star for doing the right thing. <laughs> it's that there is a grace that comes to us. Yeah. There's a there's an aspect of our own flourishing yeah. that is attached uh, to these relationships in some way. So yeah, that's really good. Um, how do, I was just thinking about this on our vacation. I wonder uh, what you would say to this. Um, how do you like spending your time on vacation? I know there's some like for me, most of my family, my wife and I, and most of our kids uh, could could be pretty satisfied with a vacation where we don't do much. We yeah. just sort of sit around and mm-hmm. you read a book or, you know, that right. kind of thing. But I've got one kid who wants to have adventures yeah. and really just gets annoyed when everybody's mm-hmm. just laying around and not doing anything. So what do you, do you like to have adventures on vacation or do you like to do more of the laying around and not really doing much? Yeah, I would say uh, it's not a, a total um, 100%, but I would say in general, mm-hmm. um, Relaxing. Like if I had to pick a word of yeah, adventurous yeah. versus relaxing, I think I'd pick <laughs> relaxing. But 
I like enough to do in a given day yeah. that you're not just in a sense sort of sitting around doing nothing. So I think of mm. um, there's two or three times where a friend of ours has given Debbie and I the gift of a timeshare in Hawaii. Mm. And when I used to travel a lot, especially internationally, I would save up my miles. So we would get, you know, virtually a f- sort of a free trip to Hawaii Um and I, when I think of those, those are really the only, we had, Debbie and I have not taken a lot of like what you'd think of as formal, hmm. uh, you know, what's the word? Not just formal, but you know, like expensive vacation trips to Europe right. and like stuff. A, That's like just a not destination. Yeah. yeah it's vacation just not, not been our thing. thing. Yeah. Uh, we've done different things, <clears throat> but in these two or three cases, when we've been given these gifts, we've, um, we've gone to Hawaii. So when I think of those weeks, I think of like plenty of just like sitting and reading, but we yeah. would do like one or two little things every day. You know, like in yeah. Hawaii, there's bicycle riding or, yeah. uh, you know. Scuba um, diving or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so we, yeah, scuba That's diving, great. yeah. So I think I like a mix. Maybe it's an yeah. 80-20, mostly yeah. relaxing, but mm. to do some things. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say I would say that we like, uh, uh, I'm probably the same way, because I would say I like, you know, doing nothing. But we we went, for example, mountain biking. Apparently, where yeah. we were staying in Minnesota this past summer, there's there's huge. It's a huge mountain biking mm. uh, like destination. There's lots to, um, lots of great trails and stuff. So we'd never been, you know, mountain biking on trails and stuff. And so we decided to do that with a bunch of the kids, and it was really fun. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was, you know, I, I was chagrined to discover that it's a very expensive hobby if you want to get into it. <laughs> Those yeah. bikes are like $5,000. Oh, yeah, dollars. yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I was like, well, shoot. Uh, I, I don't know if I can get into this uh, in my free time, but um, it was fun. It was fun yeah. to be able to do that kind of adventure thing. Well, I think um, maybe what we're both saying here is, um, I was just thinking of this the last week, I think I was um, meeting a new friend who's a, a professor who teaches on issues of Christian spirituality and we were just having lunch, getting to know each other. And, mm-hmm. and we started talking and, and I can't remember why, but I, I think he might've asked me what was going on in my life or something. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he asked me the question, well, oh, I can't remember the exact question, but I, I remember my answer. I think it was something like, well, what have your practices been like recently mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. Or like, where are you sensing the pleasure and presence of God or something? And mm-hmm. I said, well, and he's a spiritual director. <clears throat> I said, I was well, say those sound like spiritual direction questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said, well, I really like the combination of reading and studying and writing and just depending on the day where the accent might be. Hmm. Like I those are relaxing um things for me and I and I feel the presence of God. Hmm. And I said, and you know, just things like I like physical things like walking the dog and um, you know, COVID things have mostly um, opened up here in Tennessee, although I'm sure we'll come back to this in a minute. Yeah. Um, so I've been able to get back to swimming and um, and I do breathing and stretching things. And mm. I was saying those things just feel really replenishing to me. And he mm. just looked at me and said, well, then you ought to do those things. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. duh. Yeah. And, and so I think that's one of the things, I say that to say, because it's one of the things I've been thinking about this summer Hmm. Um, thinking about my breaks and thinking about living. I think I got this phrase from Marva Dawn, but don't hold me to that. It could be Peterson Hmm. um, about living a Sabbath life. Hmm. So not just like keeping the Sabbath as one of the 10 commandments, but leading a Sabbath life where I'm pretty sure this is Peterson, where we're not just constantly resting from our work, 
but working from a place of sort of an essential rest, at least an internal essential rest. Mm. And, um, and that's the way I find those things is like, I know for some people readings a chore. Yeah. Well, it can be for me if I'm reading something that's over my head Mm -hmm. and I try to do that occasionally. (laughs) So (laughs) yes, I get that sometimes reading can be a chore, but mostly for me, it feels like a luxury to think about something deeply because my day has my days have so many moving parts. Like I can mm. literally do 13, 15, 19 different things in a day. Yeah. See, so I, I rarely feel like I get to really sort of leisurely focus on something in that Sabbath sort of way. So I just mean, I guess what I want to say in terms of, hey, Todd, what have you been learning this summer? Is I would say try to we all need to try to find our way to some sort of Sabbath life where we're doing things that don't feel like spiritual disciplines negatively construed, like, oh, I have to practice silence or I have to read my Bible or whatever, but to do things that are genuinely um, rejuvenating, where you literally feel the presence of God with you yeah. um, as you do them. And you can like feel goodness and or mm-hmm. strength or energy, whatever somebody might say, yeah. coming to you as you do them. So that's a very freeing thought to have a spiritual director say to me, well, if you're finding, you know, indignation terms, consolation yeah. in gentle reading, well, then read. And yeah. if you find the goodness of dog, God walking your dogs, walk your dang dogs. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's really good. What, um, I mean, speaking of reading, what, uh, and, you know, what you've been learning, um, are, there, are there particular books for you th- uh, that you've read recently that you want to highlight that keep coming back uh, to your mind or that you learned something from? Well, thematically, for about a year, I would say most of my reading has been on issues of race mm-hmm. and sort of uh, uh, missionality and race and sort of culture and race and mm-hmm. how does the church find herself as a redemptive presence in this conversation that's been happening for a year or two now. Yeah. So speaking about over your head... Um, <laughs> Man, I had to slog through so slowly William James Jennings, uh, William James Jennings, uh, The Christian Imagination. That yeah. guy is smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. his arguments are so complex and they're so deeply rooted in sort of history and anthropology and sociology and things that we don't normally put together in our heads. But he puts he puts these massive you know, thematic, historical things together. And and I, I, I want to say I enjoyed it in that I felt like I was learning really, truly important things, but I had to go slow. It was yeah. one of those rare books where yes. a page or two at a time was about it. Or sometimes yep. you read a paragraph and you just want to put the book down and go, oh my gosh, I could, I could think about that for yes. a week. Yep. So I've been reading uh, a lot on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then... You know, this is something I don't think we've talked about on the podcast. It's it's um, probably because it it feels personal to me more than it feels professional. Although it is a has a professional uh, aspect to it. <clears throat> when I look back at my journals, I for several years have been saying to myself that kind of like before I die or in the last part of my life, um, I really would like to work um, at the issues of of justice and peace. Mm. And so in my journals, I was calling it a peace center just because I didn't know what else to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been thinking about it a long time. And we could maybe say more about this later. But um, so I have a book coming out from Zondervan in about six weeks called Deep Peace. And on the heels of that, I'm, I'm launching this center called the Center for F- um, Formation, Justice, and Peace. 
And so I've been trying to work myself to an imagination of how does a bishop, hmm. a, a diocesan bishop, appropriately work at the kind of things I want to work at. So I've been reading, uh, you know, his like historic biographies, or I, I read William Temple's uh, book, um, Christianity and the Social Order. You know, he's maybe the most famous modern Archbishop of Canterbury, and, and his mm-hmm. life was almost completely devoted to justice issues. And, mm-hmm. and uh, there are, are several others that I've found. So I've been trying to shape in myself an imagination for um, what does it mean to be the bishop of a diocese, but to also, you know, in a sense, be able to express the kind of thing that um, yeah. that I feel like um, I want to do with God and, and God through me. So it's been it's been pleasant to me to find that um, there certainly are historical precedents yeah. for yeah. bishops living this way. They're yeah. they're not common, but at least they're out there. So that's mm-hmm. that's been a fun journey, and I I feel really excited about the possibilities that are out there. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I would just second your, uh, your, uh, your, your comments about, uh, the Christian man, the Christian imagination. <laughs> yeah, I saw you um, nodding your head. Yeah. I, I read it a while back as well. And it was, um, yes, the arguments are dense, but, um, but yeah, I found, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it'll become, I think looking back, we will, we may find that to be one of the most important books, you know, of, of the era. Yeah. Um, I, I just haven't read anything uh, like that um, until I did uh, from him. Um, you know, we, so. we might, we might not want to get into these waters, but here I go. <laughs> I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways is, okay, I'm an evangelist at mm-hmm. heart. Um, I'm relational at heart on the Enneagram. I'm almost a dead tie between two, seven, and nine, which mm-hmm. are all, you know, sort of otherly sorts of orientations. Yeah. Right. Um, so I find myself a lot in the last year, year and a half, just brokenhearted at words like supremacy or fragility or centeredness or any of these things, how they just spark, or right now, critical race theory just mm. spark barks an inability to talk or to yeah. or to in any way hear each other. And I just know that the average human being walking around here in Nashville or in your case, Indianapolis, they're just not going to, they don't have the kind of ability. It's a privilege we have to mm-hmm. even read Jennings. Right. And yeah. to under, and to have the kind of education that can even understand him. There's a, there's mm-hmm. a deep privilege there, but, but I can't, several times in reading that book, I could see, well, this is where these concepts come from, and they're not meant to be demonizing yeah. half the population. It's just yeah. a way of explaining the way, especially the Western world um, developed and how, as it spread through colonialization and other things, yeah. Yeah. how these things developed. And it's just heartbreaking to me that we can't put the Jennings cookies on a low enough shelf yeah. that we could have just charitable conversations about them. I don't know how many times I read a sentence in that book mm. and that thought came to me. Yeah. I just wish we could find a way to talk about these things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I've, I've felt the same thing and I think, um, there's a lot, you know, a lot we could say about the dynamic, uh, there. Um, but I, I agree. I think it's really, really important stuff. Um, and it's almost uh, ironic because a lot of what he, well, a lot of what he talks about in there 
explains why people get so defensive, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so there is Maybe this Maybe that's why catch, I was thinking that, about it. <laughs> yeah, that Catch-22, I think, yeah. is sort of like, uh, it, yeah, it just makes it difficult, so... So that's a podcast for another day. That could be a series be. of podcasts. Yeah, I think it could be uh, for sure. I mean, I, I my mind is going in all kinds of uh, directions, yeah, of uh, other uh, approaches that I've read and, and books. Um, but let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap this podcast up yep. um, with maybe just, um, you know, it's back to school season. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if you, you know, if we could ask for a an encouraging word, a word of encouragement <laughs> yeah. as we head into, as we head into the school season here from, uh, from our Bishop. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe we could pray a prayer of blessing as well. Yes. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. I feel like the last couple of weeks, especially maybe with the Olympics brought this to everybody's attention, you know, brought sort of COVID back to everybody's attention mm-hmm. and all the news stories the last 10 days or so about the Delta variant. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's a real weariness and probably, um, oh, I, I don't know if I mean fear, but like I can just picture young parents just being wary, yeah. like a, like a, and, uh, a, a weary weariness of yes. like, oh my gosh, what is going to greet us this year? Like what's really going to happen? What's our school district going to do? What's our, principal going to do? How are our particular children going to react to whatever happens? And it's heartbreaking to me. Again, you know, my kids are adults now, so I don't have to face it the way you guys do, but Mm. it's, uh, it's heartbreaking to me. And tangentially, it's heartbreaking for me that I can just picture in my mind, the collective clergy of America, not just Anglican, but like the collective clergy of America, I can just picture their shoulders all slumping at mm-hmm. the latest news from the CDC and yeah. Yeah. what does this mean and how do we handle vaccines in our church and how do we handle distancing again or masking? It just, I think there's a, like a human weary, weariness right yes. now. Yes. And so I think what I would say to parents is just like, give yourself space for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just okay that you, you're, you're an intelligent person and, and you have the ability to see potential potentialities that could happen in the school year mm. and to, on the one hand, feel like that's okay. I right. like, let yourself be there. It's, it's not that you're a bad person necessarily or a cynic. I mean, you might be a cynic, but <laughs> you're not necessarily a cynic. It probably just means you're an intelligent person who cares about your kids and their schooling and, yeah. um, and you can see that uh, we, you know, we could have bumps in the road ahead. And so I would let yourself be there without shame or guilt, but to say simultaneously, um, don't let yourself get pulled into a future that does not yet exist. Mm. Like it's one thing to be a, a loving parent and to anticipate caring for your kids at an elementary school or middle school, high school, whatever, or even taking your your kid to freshman university for, or college for the first year, not knowing yeah. what's going to greet her yeah. or him in the dorms or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's perfectly normal stuff, but, but that can trigger us um, imagining futures that actually aren't likely <laughs> to occur. You know, right. like we might right. imagine seven futures and only one of them is going to occur, mm-hmm. but all seven of them produce anxiety in us. Yeah. And so I would say, try to simultaneously give yourself space to be where you are 
Um, but see if you can stay present to the goodness of, of today mm. or thinking of Jesus's words, you know, each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah. And to try to just stay with today's troubles and today's graces. And uh, the best way to be present to tomorrow is to be really faithfully um, present to today. Yeah. Yeah. It strikes me that that's a, uh, that's a practical outworking of what it might feel like to live a Sabbath life. Mm. You know, it's yeah. not that you don't have, uh, worrisome thoughts or that you have to push them away. It's just that you can acknowledge that they're there, mm-hmm. uh, but then you don't have, you, by the same token, you don't have to latch onto them and yeah. keep them around and, and treat them as though they're, um, they need to be sort of studied endlessly. You can just have them and then you can let them go and have another yeah. thought later. So yeah, that's a good word. Appreciate that. Um, Bishop, I wonder if you would just pray a blessing uh, over our churches and yes. our um students uh, and the parents, um, all of our families, as we head into this season. Yeah. Well, as we pause, I I hear that Pauline phrase in my mind, uh, the righteousness, peace, and joy of God's kingdom. Mm. Now, Father, I pray that over all of our clergy and lay leaders, over our parents who are deeply caring of their children. I pray as Jesus taught us that your kingdom would come over this fall as churches are getting back together and everybody comes home from vacation and over parents who are um, sending kids back to school. Let the true righteousness and peace and joy of your kingdom upon us hmm. let them roll up into a life that is essentially at rest and confident while being present to today's troubles Lord I pray for every parent who's worried every student who's apprehensive every clergy person or lay person who feels wearied um, by what could come that you would grant them to know deeply in their soul that they are companioned by you in the troubles of today. Lord, give them, I pray, the ability to notice your presence and to find strength in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, Um, great to see you again, Ben. Yeah, you as well, Todd. I'm looking forward to um, seeing what the rest of our... uh, our year brings in the podcast. I know. I know you got some good ideas coming, but I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to do like spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to let you run it out, but I'm looking forward to it too. All right. Well, I might give a teaser. Maybe it's not a spoiler as much as a teaser because we're just, you know, we're at the initial stages of uh, planning. Um, We are going to release an episode next week. um, And we are uh, thinking about maybe doing some conversations around, um, you know, what churches are doing with uh, the new news from the CDC you know, the, COVID, uh, the Delta variant and all that kind of thing, but also a series on the gifts of Anglicanism, um, perhaps a series on church planting. Um, but anyway, it's all potential Great. Um, stuff that we're, uh, that are, that's in the works right now. So we're looking forward to all of that. Um, and also, I just wanted to mention your, your prayer there at the end reminded me that our scholar-in-residence for arts, media, and culture has uh, oh, written yes. some collect prayers that we uh, put out yes. in the newsletter. I'll put a link I to those I just read the them notes. again the other day. They're really great. Yeah, they're yeah. really great. Yeah, just some 
back to school collects for high school mm-hmm. students, for homeschooled students, for yeah. children going to school, for parents, for teachers, administrators, a bunch of a bunch of good prayers. We'll put a link to that in the show notes and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.